Lucky Land slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greatest rapper of all time, if you say, like, Jay-Z. Yeah. I don't know, dog. It's something. Are we going to hit? We going to hit? What's up? I'm saying this. I had to say, what, what introduces me? The first is a given. Jay-Z is the greatest rapper ever. <laughs> and then if I had to mention Michael Jackson and Prince, we want to get to that debate and leave Stevie out or leave Marvin Gaye out and Usher out when it comes to R&B, then I'm going to just swap what I'm talking about and say Michael Jackson is what I believe Prince is. Because Prince, for me, as far as creating something, writing it, producing it, all of that, he did all that. But let's get back to what you're saying. I'm going to pass the hosting back over to you. I only t- did, I, how long I did? Two minutes? Nah, two minutes, 22 good. seconds? Like, man, listen, we ain't no real Boom. Time. What, what you, whoa. whoa. Go back to that greatest rapper thing. Go ahead. Yeah. Everybody, it's your boy Armand back again with another episode of Big Boss Talk the podcast. Listen, I got another top tier guest. I mean, I'm pretty much going through all of USC, um, and I'm pretty sure everybody that views this, watches this, they gonna know who this guy is. You know what I'm saying? Monumental. I mean, he's um, he's um, put together like what he does. Like you'll never forget what he does. Like the you know how he brings people together, how he can control a room. He's an instrumental part to if you have gatherings, weddings, like it's a huge deal for this guy. You'll never forget, you know what I mean? But let me introduce who you got, all right? So we got Brian Kirk White, age 32, career job. He's executive director, A Bevy, the School of Self-Awareness, CEO and lead DJ, OMTBH Wedding House, content director, A Bevy Studio. Uh, he went to University of South Carolina, focuses entrepreneurship, marketing and management, plus SCAT. TV and film production, focus, sound, and production. Years in the profession, he has 13 years. So this guy has a lot of game, a lot of knowledge, over a decade of just mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. But also some <laughs> tremendous, tremendous, tremendous uh, successes. I'm pretty sure, you know, you don't be in this game um, as long as you have without any type of mistakes or learning from, you know, just past experiences, right? But, man, be white say what's up to the podcast. 100% man, it's a, uh, I'm appreciative, I'm grateful, that's like my word for the second part of you, I'm grateful for being here, it's great to be able to speak, it's great to be able to talk, it's great to be able to connect, so big yeah. balls time. Yeah, it's already time man, but listen, it wouldn't be the show if we didn't get into our two truths and a lie, alright, so I need to get three good statements from you, um, and let me hear what you got. Let me check the phone, because I wrote these down. Right? Oh my so man. Like, if I if I gotta step up right and I gotta be here and it gotta represent me and it gotta represent what we we'll going what we talking about yep. how can I sit the stage two truths in a lot my brother I'm gonna be the host real quick I need you to be able to tell me mm-hmm. which one is a lie okay I'm a truthful person now I try to be I didn't used to be back in the day but right <laughs> now I'm a truthful person I'm married right now look let's tell them number one Jay Z is the best rapper ever. Mm. 
not alive, but ever. Okay. Number two, Michael Jackson is the greatest artist ever. Mm. A lot of Evers we hitting. Yeah, a lot of. And last but not least, Prince is the greatest musician ever. Period. Jay Z is the best rapper ever. Michael Jackson is the greatest artist ever. Prince is the greatest musician ever. Bro, Which one is alive, my brother? But these are like all uh, not even factuals. These are your personal preferences. So I can't even say <laughs> which one is live. Which one? I'm just going to play along. But even though I know this is all just statements that you believe, you know what I'm saying? I just think that you believe. Two truths and a lie. These are my truths. These are my truths. Right. Which one am I lying about? All right. Which one are you lying about? Jay-Z. Jay-Z is the best rapper ever. Okay. Michael Jackson is the greatest artist ever. Prince is the greatest musician ever. Hmm. I'm going to say that last one. As far as, like, musicians ever, Prince, I mean... Mm -hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. There's some good musicians out there, man. I don't. I don't think. I mean, you put them over Stevie Wonder. You put them over. You know what I'm saying? Ray Charles. Ray Charles. You put them over like. Uh, like it's so many great people, and even guitarists. Like I mean, I know Prince might play a little bit of the yeah. guitar, but even guitars. There's so many. I'm gonna say that's. I'm gonna say that's the lie, man. I believe. Bro, Prince, I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna, I got. I got. Let you know that Prince played multiple instruments. Okay, he played. He okay, he played multiple instruments. Okay, Prince played a lot of instruments, but I also want to let you know that you are right. That's right. Okay, Prince is the greatest musician ever. Is the line is incorrect. Big shout to Stevie Wonder. You shout out Stevie Wonder's lit. Yeah. The second was Mike Michael Jackson is the greatest artist ever. For me, my truth and a lie. Prince okay. is the greatest artist ever as far as creating something, putting something together. Mm. Musicians. I don't even know who I go greatest musician, but I wouldn't go Prince or Michael. Okay. Michael is like the greatest, like Michael. I was, what was it, Michael? Like greatest icon ever? Like he's that's a, I would say greatest you know, performer. Greatest performer? Like he's one of the greatest performers. I mean, I, I to me one of the great to me, like I think Beyonce like a tapping lot of people, on that dope. A, a lot of people, yeah, Beyonce is definitely in that category as well. Like I believe it's like one A, one B. Like I don't think yeah, yeah, either yeah. one is above because of different times. Yeah, different times, and I think they both put on like like I said, great shows. I never seen a Beyonce show, but based off the Netflix, you know what I'm saying? Like the mm -hmm. everything that I had to sit through and watch with uh, my wife. Um, yeah, yeah, I could tell like it's it's a great great performance, um, and I think yeah. Michael did the same. Uh, greatest rapper of all time, if you say like Jay Z. Yeah. I don't know, dog. It's something. About Are we gonna hit? Something. We gonna hit? Which what's up? I'm saying this. I had to say what what introduces me. The first is a given. Jay Z is the greatest rapper ever. <laughs> and then if I had to mention Michael Jackson and Prince, we want to get to that debate and leave Stevie out or leave Marvin Gaye out and Usher out when it comes to R&B. And I'm gonna just swap what I'm talking about and say Michael Jackson is what I believe Prince is because Prince for me as far as creating something. Writing it, producing it, all of that. He did all that. But let's get back to what you're saying. I'm gonna pass the hosting back over to you. I only did. How long I did? Two minutes. Nah, two minutes. Twenty-two seconds. Man, listen, we ain't no real. Boom. Time. What? What you? Whoa. Well, go back to that greatest rapper thing. Go ahead. Yeah, Take yeah, over. yeah, yeah. I, I just it's something about I think your era. You know what I mean? Like that's I think you probably grew up heavy Jay Z, and I can understand why people will say he's the greatest rapper. Like the verse he just did. On God did is probably mm -hmm. one of the coldest verses I ever heard, you know, in my life. Mm. To, to be able to carry a song for he had it, got it at it's eight minutes long. He got it 
with five minutes and 30 seconds left and carried it all the way and to you the listen. end. And you listen. You know what I'm saying? And you listen. I also... I just don't think he's What's, great as ever. That's all. What What makes a great rapper to you? Like top three things or top two, whatever. Whatever you got. I think the lyrics always got to hit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what you get in the game for. Like you listening to the lyrics. I think being, you know, a mogul as far as like touching different genres of people, like different ethnicities. You know what I mean? Like I don't see... And then also you just gotta you gotta have like moments stamped in time. Like I think Jay Z got moments. I just don't think you can't say he took over a whole decade. You know what I mean? Like I You ain't a Drake you a Drake fan. You a Drake fan. <laughs> I think I'm a fan of both, but I think Drake is a better uh My digital wedding. I did you with it. Did you with it. We yeah. good. So it's cool. <laughs> so then we looking at What's your what's your qualifications? Like what, how you why you consider Jay Z? The greatest. Because now we just, well, now we're, then we comparing to Drake. So if I just say Jay-Z, if we got to compare Jay-Z to Drake, right. then I'm just going to say the longevity. Okay. I'm just going to say the longevity, and that's going to win every argument. Um, every discussion. It's not an argument. But you can't really, I mean, that's unfair because you can't, it's like it's like saying MJ to LeBron. Like, you can't control when they both came into the game. But if you think about the accolades and all that, I think musically, we're not talking about business-wise, because we all know Jay-Z's a heck of a businessman. His accolades, you know what I'm saying? But let's mm -hmm. talk about his accolades in general as far as in the music. So that go back to what you were saying. You said bars, like impact, the fact you can touch multiple areas. Yeah. Pause. And then what's the third one you said? I think I just said uh, the bars, impact, um, and just, you know, just relevance. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go into I don't go you don't go into a club and they say all right so boom boom you good I'm, I mean to cut you off but I did yeah bars is irrelevant <laughs> bars is out because Jay-Z has better bars than Drake and relevance is out because of longevity oh, so now you got impact and I gotta give it to Drake so even then it's one to three one to two on your on your scale that's it man you crazy and then we can debate the bars and then we spend this whole big boss talk episode we talking about bars. We ain't gonna do it. We and do I, it. I do it. I will do it. I respect. I respect your opinion. I, I um. I'm in a group chat. I'm pretty sure you know Trinisha and um, Denzel mm -hmm. Milton. Um, Denzel. Oh yeah, they old. They old. But <laughs> Denzel's a huge uh, Jay Z fan, and that's one of the things that we kind of clash on because you know he's. It, I think it's just his era. Like I, I don't. I'm, I'm gonna honestly say I don't think I was raised up listening to. Jay-Z, like, I was raised up on Outkast, you know what I'm saying, Big Boy, like, all those guys, yeah. like, some of the older, just because right around my pops, he, he had thrown the Outkast cameo, like, very much an old head at heart, but not really Jay-Z, so I think it's what yeah. you was raised around, how you feel about it, um, but I would never, I feel that. you know, I just, I also believe Jay-Z is one of the greatest rappers ever, just based off what he just did. You know, he proved everything that needs to be said. But again, yeah. I never go into a, a club, an event, and say, hey, I need to hear that Jay-Z. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. As far as I like, feel that. I 100% feel that, man. I, I grew up, one thing, we can we can look at it this way. I, I grew up in the South, as we did. Yeah. And I grew up with a young lady who lived across the street from me. It was my babysitter. Big shout out to my big sister, Andrea. Mm -hmm. Instead of putting me on cash money and no limit, 
she put me on Rockefeller. She put me on Rough Riders, yeah. you know, 98, 99. And so I was introduced to New York, New York, New York. Like, and that sure. was my full introduction to music. So I've had plenty of friends growing up who were full No Limit fans, who were full Cash Money fans. And I got onto that later. Yeah. Even what you're talking about as far as Outkast. I didn't get on the Outkast until Speaker Box Love Below. Clearly, okay. I knew, like, Stank On Your Stuff. But as yeah. far as getting into it, I missed out on South Stuff being from the South crazy but sure. that's what it was so i do have that edge so i understand what you're saying i do for sure man we we just agree to disagree and, and i appreciate <laughs> i appreciate your um, honesty as far as like just being transparent on the show and so i do want to ask you a couple of questions right so what's one of your most memorable and proudest moments in life so far to this day i think i would know the answer but just let me know i got a couple i mean my, my daughter's a given yeah i was gonna say Making a commitment to my wife is a given. Well, for me, yeah, because I didn't grow up around a lot of men where that was a given. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll say, as far as internally, in 2014, I was in grad school and I decided to do a, a collegiate tour. I decided to take a brand that I created with a bevy and go speak about my life at 20 colleges mm. across the East Coast from. I think furthest north we went was Howard. Further south we went was um, the U in Miami. And so I, I created like a 45 to an hour uh, spiel that I went and I just talked about my life. And in doing that, it was called a Why Are You Alive Tour in 2014 <clears throat> via A-Bevy, the School of Self-Awareness. Mm -hmm. I just told my story. And I think that I say that's proud because that was the first time I realized I could work on me. Yeah. That's, it made me feel like I had things that I had to work on. But on the flip, it also connected with so many people that it told me that I had things that I had solved. It told me that I had things that I could help people with. Mm -hmm. And then the third level, it had it had a level of the fact that these people connected with it. They could then assist me in where I'm going even further. Yeah. And that main further statement was that a bevy is a real thing. This introspective journey is a real thing. Us being able to talk about it, have these conversations as you do, is extremely valuable. So yeah. doing that Why Are You Alive tour in 2014, i say that's up there yeah. outside of uh, this this production of life that, you know, we also blessed with our, in, the, in the game. That's what's up, man. I, I didn't even know that um, as far as, like, you know, I learned something new every time I talk to somebody. But being able to take that tour, just be able to walk in front of it, in front of so many people and be, you know, vulnerable enough to kind of mm -hmm. tell your story and kind of, you know, speak, you know, kind of what's on your heart. Like I, I know that's nervous, you know, sometimes because you don't know how people gonna receive it. What's the, you know, initial response gonna be? Because you know, obviously, you want people to respond a certain way, right? And I will want to ask, like, what was your mindset, you know, when you was talking to these different colleges and going on this tour? What was your preparation? Like, what was your mind frame as far as, like, you know, what if the crowd wasn't as responsive as you, you know, might have yeah. wanted it? Like, how was your, you know, what was your preparation on saying, like, I'm going to bounce back and I'm going to just tell my story <clears throat> anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Man. My mindset was, like, to a point of life is short. Mm. I, think that, I think that's the point because at, at the end, I'm 22, 23. Growing up, it's cliche, but you you don't think you're gonna live to 25, mm. and a and a lot of that is based off of in various uh, places of poverty. It's based off of like uh, murder or um, uh, uh, 
dealings with the police as far as going to jail or or just your life in and in that form of process. But overall, for me, it was the lack of vision of what life looks like after 22, 23, 24, 25. And yeah. so by 23, I was putting together a tour where I just wanted to talk about everything that was happening. And so my prep was like, this is it. Like, what's left for me? What what am I going to do next? I had no idea. Mm. Um, I graduated college, and and we can get into my wife. We just talked about earlier today. Like, even our first breakup, our first major breakup was because I didn't know a source of it, rather, was I didn't know what I was going to do after graduating. My mm. self-awareness was low. Yeah. And so I decided to go to grad school. SCAD was extremely beneficial to me. But while I was there, I was thinking the answers, like, something has to be in what I've been through because I had been through enough and learned enough and, and was was confident enough in myself, at least, that this story that I have means something, even if I didn't know what it meant. But once I got on that tour and telling my story, I realized we all have value in what we've been through, the answer to where we need to go, the answer and where we can be, the answer to who we are mm-hmm. lies in where we've been. Yeah. So that was my drive, whether it was four people in the crowd uh, shout to South Carolina State, 300, 400 people in the crowd. Like, it was it was go time. And I was like, let me put these slides up and let me tell y'all a story. No yeah. holes barred. I, I love it, man. I think it, yeah. at the end of the day, like, when I talk to people, um, I, I find out that we all have a common issue slash problem. And it, and it always – and, and I ain't going to say – I'm going to say majority, but I, I, some people are just get, given with that – discernment to know like this is what i'm here to do like you know some of them just got the you know what I'm saying? I, I look at people like lebron like you know what i'm saying like yeah. you knew you know what i'm saying like one of the greatest role models ever like you know what you put on this earth to do you know what i'm saying like use basketball as the, the vehicle and then you take that and then you disperse it everywhere else to help other people but it's it, a lot yeah, of people yeah. that don't have like that 100 percent it factor so it's like we wandering trying to figure out what's next and it always usually mm-hmm. comes either after high school or after graduation. And it's like, damn, okay, I done worked this hard. I'm in school. Now I got to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And I think that tour that you had, like, you know, you were, you were already up on game early. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm learning from yeah, you because of your, your wisdom and, you know, your knowledge that you already have. So just being able to learn from you and really peep game as far as, like, it's people that has walked this path before us that can really show us, you know, some of the roads to not travel on or just – be able to help you find that right path to be like there's something more beyond the age of 25 so i appreciate that um what would, your last my last question is what what's the best piece of advice someone has given you the best piece of advice off the top if i had to go back a uh, uh, young lady named chelsea allen in the time when we were producing shows, we were producing what we call a concept show called Fashion Defined. Mm-hmm. And um, even outside of that, the work we did together was we had goals that didn't fit a blueprint that others presented to us. And so I, I, I presented like a level of stress to her, like a level of, of insecurity, a level of doubt. And she told me, she said, Brian, think about what you've done in the past, the things you've wanted, and what's your success rate? Mm. And I start like right now, I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah, because it's high. <laughs> I was like, if I really wanted it, it was a hundred percent. 
Yeah. You found a way. You made a way. You figured it out. And I'll say that advice, her saying, Brian, what was your success rate? Anything you've ever wanted in the past, you found a way to get it. Yeah. And so it's more so in that affirmation, which was, I think, his advice, yep. an affirmation from someone in real life. Um, so shout out to Chelsea Allen. I'd say that was the biggest one. That's dope, man. I, I think that's – everybody should take that, Jim, and just write it down. Like, what's, Look, your, what's your success rate? You know what I'm saying? When you really think what? about everything you wanted, it's not – I don't think a lot of – like it's not a lot of things that people can say like, oh, I really wanted this and I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, if you like, if you were passionate about it, if you yeah. really wanted something, because you know, you know the journey that goes through that. Right. But if in the past, if you really wanted something, what percentage did you not get it? If you really wanted it, because then you can break down. Because at some point, if you didn't want it, yeah. it don't matter. Right. But if it mattered, you got it. So right now she looking at me like I know this matters to you, so I'm not worried. You can stress all you want, and I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. But I know we getting it done. I know it's happening, and I'm just letting you know, affirming to you yeah. that it's going to happen. Dang, that's yeah. solid, solid piece of info. I'm gonna take that, put it in my notes because I love that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so cool, man. Let's get into it, man. We're gonna start back um, with young, young B White, man. So. Obviously, you do a plethora of things, and we're going to try to get into a little bit of everything that you've been able to tap into. But um, what did you, at your younger age, what did you see yourself being? Like, but you know, just with, with dreams, any type of mm-hmm. that you had at a younger age, maybe elementary, middle school, high school. Like, what did you see yourself as? I think elementary. I can ask my mama, but I think elementary, I was, like, heavy in Legos, heavy in construction, heavy in... Um, extra layer comprehension. So if I'm not mistaken, my first goal was to be an astronaut in NASA. It was to work in NASA. I don't even know if it's to be an astronaut, but it was definitely NASA. It was it was some level of positioning where my thought process could think more further than this is what you're supposed to do at work. Mm-hmm. And then you compare it to having a job where you get to decide what the future of your work looks like. And I think NASA I'm going to say, yeah, definitely be an astronaut. If I can pull out some elementary papers, I'm pretty sure. What do you want to be when you grow up? I'm pretty sure it said be an astronaut. Yeah. I don't care who it was. Shoot, I fly for, uh, what's my man's name? Oh, I fly for uh, Elon Musk. (laughs) Whatever. I just want to go to space. You can't go to space and just sit there. You got to know some stuff when you up there. So, yeah. You got to know everything. I follow this astronaut because I want to get an astronaut on a lot, a real astronaut. So, I follow this young lady. Um, and, and you go on their pages, like just type in astronauts and you follow their page. Like the stuff they do in outer space, the calculations, the mathematics, like I'm like, bro, like I yeah. lose my mind. Like y'all just some of the smartest people on earth just be able to navigate through space and really yeah. train your body. So that's hard. Okay, so you brought up astronaut, uh, being an astronaut um, younger. Mm-hmm. Where in life did that change? Because we talk about. You know, um, you know your messages. You know when you did that tour, right? And even my message on the podcast is like, how do we pivot? You know what I'm saying? How do I show that everybody yeah. is similar? The, the you know the issues are similar. They may just they may just look a little different, but when you get to the root cause, it's similar. Meaning, I might have wanted to did something, I changed my mind, and now I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I'm, I really don't know. So when did it change for you? Like I don't want to be an astronaut no more. What 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 changed yeah. along the way? Definitely. I say if I could off the off the top, I think of three major changes. They um the second two combat 
like that first one. So I'll say the second one is what you asking. It changed when I got outside. Like I started being outside, outside. with friends, <laughs> with friends, and um, experiencing things and making connections and and uh, feeling what love is from a not just a relationship of or, or opposite sex or or. Um, that standpoint in general, mm-hmm. it was more so like building connections with people that mean something. And I, I think the pinpoint of that was, which may be weird to a lot of younger folks now, but the the like the the climax, the 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 imminent point of that was being in church. Mm. So being in church, my mama, she she did a lot in church and um when it came to praise, dance, and miming. I was introduced to like being being able to produce music, being able to provide music. So I say provide music, which is really producing music. Yeah. So it got to a point mid two thousands, late two thousands, to where churches now have sound booths. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I so when that. it when it comes, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to praise dancing, when it comes to songs being played during church, like gospel songs, or cutting up those songs, like we won't we want this song, we want this Kirk Franklin song to come in. We just want this chorus and this verse, mm-hmm. being able to find that and, and cut it up and make it happen. I was introduced to that. And so when I say being outside, it was the idea of, okay, if you have a talent that can connect to people you know, yeah. people that you love, people who have uh, similarities in, in in their goals, such as people in church, mm-hmm. All right, we want to have a good church service. I need to make sure on this CD, I got these three songs for church. <laughs> and at that, I mean, if you ask when I became a DJ, you ask when music became something that I saw a larger vision in, that's when it was. And that that changed the whole thing. Like, I can't go to space and do that. Yeah. I go to space, I'm up there dolo, like working for somebody I ain't grew up with. Right. I ain't working with the homies. I ain't working with people like, you know what I'm saying? So music changed that. So, so I guess you know what I'm hearing is as far as I, I watched the interview, uh, Ty Tribbett, if you could believe it or not, was on uh, the 85 South Show, the podcast, and he kind of had a similar story. You know what I'm saying? Him and his brother. You know what I'm saying? They got in the church and they was like, "Man, it's so much like obviously music gonna connect. It's the the language of all people, but to be able to take a concept of you know church music and give it that bounce, give it that mm. that sticky icky. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's something about like. When, you know what I'm saying? Certain beats, certain uh, instruments yeah. that'll get you moving. You'd be like, I didn't even know this could sound like that. And it, it seems like you had the same, same experience as far as like getting in the church, knowing that music, the connectivity, bringing the vibes, you know, to church. Because that's an important piece, too, uh, you know, to that what connects us all, like, you know, if you're a believer or not. But um, that's, that's hard. So that changed us. And then... Going into, you know, we'll skip high school, but just going into college, how did you see yourself or how did you get yourself in the USC? Like, was USC like your top choice of college, uh, top college of choice, or did you have other mm-hmm. other different schools? Yeah, I think my, my top choice, if I remember correctly, was Duke University. Um, USC was my second choice. My third choice, just in case, was Presbyterian College. So starting with PC, Presbyterian College in Clinton, South Carolina, which is also in Lawrence County, which is where I grew up. Yep. Probably like, i say like 10 minutes from where I grew up. Um, I was in a program called Champs, a summer program. Big shout out to Champs. Big shout out to German DeSasso for creating that program. It was a summer camp that changed my life. 
and they offered a full ride to a champs member every year. So you, if, mm-hmm. as long as you had to apply to the school, then you could, you know, get consideration for that full ride. So mm-hmm. I made sure I applied there. But that wasn't really a choice because it was at home. Got it. Um, you know, big shout out, but it, it wasn't like, this is where I want to go. Um, and just saying that, like, I really wasn't thinking about college because my, my, my vision was so short, mm. just, just given the times and how we grew up. But if I had to go to college, being, being, is it brag, like top 10 of my class, being, being, yeah, you know, having the grades, being able to go wherever, my thing was like, I, I want to go to Duke. If I got to go somewhere, my mama telling me I go to college, it's not an option. I got to go somewhere. I want to go to Duke because Lou Alding is there. Oh you know what I'm saying? God. You know what I'm saying? I want to. I want to go to Duke, you know, Chris Duhon. If we go back, yeah. you know, Sheldon Williams, he dropped the ball on Candace Parker, but still, like, I knew, like, as far as looking at Duke, the basketball introduced me to the Duke. Okay. And so I'm researching Duke. I, I, my mama took me up there to tour it and all. So I applied. They told me no. They told me straight up, nah, bro, you ain't coming. It ain't happening. You ain't getting accepted. I don't know what I How did wrong. How do you feel about that? I mean, as of now, I've told, I've, I've come up with a hundred reasons to why it don't matter, but of course, then I'm, I'm pretty sure I got accepted by USC before Duke, but I, I'm, I'm, I think it was, it was a quick transition of how much does USC cost and how much does Duke cost? Because <laughs> okay. we talking 2007, 2008, this 2008, so Duke overall, like if you're looking at four years, even back then, it's like a quarter million. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and again, going back to that church thing, if I go to Duke, I'm far away from home. I'm around people who I may not know, which perspective is dope. I'm not I'm not knocking on uh, very perspectives, but and me coming out of Lawrence going to Duke, ain't no telling what I would end up doing. Yeah. Um, but you so I I feel like USC was a great middle point for that. Great USC was a great um planning spot for me. My mother went to USC uh in the eighties. And my sister was at USC at the time that I applied and ended up going. And as far as international business compared to something that might have been pre-law or or something that would have been real deep in them Duke forces, yeah. Duke got a lot of force in them, man. I just would try to go to the basketball games and end up being depressed. But <laughs> USC had all that in the city. That's one reason I look at Clemson. I don't want to go too deep, but I'm looking at USC is different because it's different where I came from. Yeah, And so it introduced me to a lot. I felt like it was welcoming in various aspects. It was similar in various aspects. And so, and they had black in the color. So I'm lit then. That's hard. Let's go time. So, I mean, Big I, I asked that question as far as like your routine or how you got the way you go, because it's, it's a lot of kids right now, uh, either in college now or they coming up, you know, senior year. Um, they got some big decisions to make, you know, whether they want to go, whether they don't want to go, yeah. what school is a good fit for them. And I think when you hear everybody's explanation on why they went to a certain school, sometimes it boils down to the same uh, uh, situation, like whether they didn't get mm-hmm. into their first choice or the money. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about the money part. The money um, real. You know, the money is real when you're coming out and you graduate. You want to make sure that whatever you go to school for is going to accommodate, you know, that debt that's going to hit you at the at the end. That's something that they don't tell you know, they yeah. kind of tell you about, but they don't tell you how big of a deal it really is. Um, and so, I, you know, we appreciate that, letting us know about your your track to get to USC. But you've done a lot, made a big stamp in USC. Um, you know, kind of give us, like, what's one of your best uh, college moments, you know what I'm saying, within USC? Because I know you gave me one of your most memorable moments, you know, as far as the mm-hmm. college run. But 
talk about, you know, just being in college for those four years. Like, what's some of those things that you're proud of to this day? Man, man, I can go off the top, man. Just to run a list before I describe Benny. I say hanging with the same friends all four and a half years. That was dope. Yeah. Uh, being able to uh, study abroad. If you want to plug studying abroad, I want mm. to plug that a hundred thousand percent. Where'd you go? I went to Jacoping, Sweden, which is where I even started a bevy. I say that that was up there. Um, that might have been what I should have ended with, really, because that changed my whole trajectory of where I am today as far as creating a bevy. So how um, did, how did that even work? So like how how did going to Sweden start a bevy? Man, going to Sweden started a bevy. Because, okay, what's the start point? I didn't like USC. And that's why those friends matter. Those four friends matter. What we call the dream team. I'm sure other people, other groups of five call themselves the dream team, but we stuck it out, man. We still stick it out to this day. Triple um, S showed love. That was another thing I was going to say. Triple S, Triple S bringing the cook out to Green Street. I was there the first time it got to Green Street. Yeah. Now, like, Hip Hop Wednesday, all that happened on Green Street. That was another thing I was going to say. Um, my my journey of becoming Greek, that's, that's it's, it's a widespread conversation, but that was something I was going to say. But as far as going to Sweden via USC and starting a bevy, I did not like USC my freshman year. I was I was not comfortable where what it was because I was comfortable where I was from. Mm -hmm. I was comfortable with who I was, not um, who I could become. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, okay, I have to find a space where I'm comfortable and I wasn't cool with being uncomfortable. So I decided if I didn't want to leave this place where it doesn't make sense, what's my option? My mind let me drop out. So yeah. I'm going to study abroad. I then went to Sweden. Um, at the time, my grandfather had cancer. My grandfather is the only man I grew up looking to um, growing up in a single-parent household. My mother, mm -hmm. my grandfather was the man, you know, big Superman, Ozell Kirk. Yeah. Um, and so he began to... Uh, he began to lead to his, his outgoing while I was in Sweden. And so he passed. I was able to come home. I was able to be home for those two weeks, go to the funeral. And in and, and those moments, like, it just shook my life. Mm. I had never experienced, like, a moment of, uh, I don't even know the something word, that close, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? That, something that close to yeah. something that, that something to just take away from you. Yeah. Like, that life in general, being this beautiful thing that I had experienced, and I was so confident, high self-esteem. Yeah. You know, so proud, so Jay Z ish, yeah, <laughs> so Drake ish. You know, I was, I was like, that's who I felt. Like I, yeah. I grew up like, you know, we figure this out, yeah. we do whatever, we get to what we want to get to, right? And so once my grand, I was like, but life also has that part of it. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to Sweden and I just questioned life. I was like, what is life truly about? What, what does this life mean? I found myself in my a state of depression, and I can consider probably my first. Time even looking back, saying that I was depressed. I stopped going to class. Um, mm. I started drinking because you could drink at eighteen there. So I'm, I'm using my funds to do this and and that. And then I'm staying in my room. I'm not entertaining my classmates, my hallmates, as we stayed on the hall together. I'm just reading books. I'm just watching movies. I'm listening to music. And I, I came to a point where I'm asking God, you know, what is this life thing about? And the, the response that I got 
was life isn't about what we have while we're here, but more so about what we have when we're gone. Mm. And so in that moment, I could correlate to my grandfather. Big shot, my, he right here. He right here. He everywhere around here. So that's my grandfather right there. Shout out to grandpa, man. That's my grandfather, grandfather, my mother right there. Yeah. And so it it was, it was everything he did, whether he was fussing, whether he was lit, whether he was chilling, whether he was cool, whether he was imparting wisdom, all of that, it was about this is what I left. It's not about that I can't buy you the next PlayStation. It ain't about that I can't buy you shoes no more, the new games. It ain't about any of that. It's about what I gave you for you to take to the next level. Yeah. And that took, that stripped me, that stripped the Black Panther away of all the, mm. what they say, you know yeah, what I'm saying? <laughs> it stripped me away of that that selfishness that um, I did that life is about me. It stripped me away of like, it's about personal gain. And it was like, well, what am I doing that I could leave? to my friends, to these four guys, or to the people I'm around, or to the people I'm DJing for. So I started an organization to speak to that, to speak to that compassion, to speak to that empathy, to speak to those experiences that we go through in life, no matter the change, how bad it is. Us experiencing loss for the first time, how can that change lead us to progress and grow as a person and make a bigger impact in life, whether it be just for our kids, for our friends, for ourselves, or for the whole world. How can we change that mindset of life is all about me to life is about uh, something bigger than myself? And that's where Bevy came in. I knew I wanted to come back to USC with an organization where we could do events, provide scholarships, um, and have a talk about that. And that's what a baby is. Dang, that's cool. I mean, I was jotting notes, man, while you was talking. Um, and you hit on a lot of amazing parts. I, I do want to... Um, just speak on as far as like the change of perspective, like you know what I'm saying? Like when when you young and kind of naive a little bit to life, um, you do have this sense of aura of like, you know, you can't be touched almost. Like life's good, yeah. everything's good. But then when you you run into some real life situations or real spill like losing you know what I'm saying? Like you see the other flip side yep. of life when somebody you know, you know what I'm saying, was full of life one day and then an hour later, gone. you know, could be gone. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's it. They're not coming back. Yeah. That's a real, that's a realism, you know, that is hard to kind of deal with. But your perspective on how mm -hmm. you kind of came out of it is not, it's not about what you do. It, 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 when you said it, it's more or less like what you leave behind. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what did you leave behind to help others take it to the next step? I think exactly that was some of the, that, that's one of the realest things I ever heard because I, I've never heard. I, I hear about people leaving about legacy, right? And, and legacy, legacy, legacy. But it, it, you know, it's always talked about in a monetary tone. But what resources yeah. has been left behind? Like when you talk about a bevy, like this is an organization that's doing scholarships. This is an organization that's talking people, you know, talking through real life concerns, real life situations that help people move forward. I'm pretty sure there's a tons of people that come up to you in your, you know, when you host these events, saying like, "Man, we appreciate this event." Like. It's changed me. It's done. It's done this. It's done that. And I think that's probably where you find the most relief from. It's not, you know, yeah. all the, you know, all the accolades, or anything like that. It's more or less like, man, we really touching lives out here. And yep. I think that's the, you know, that's the footprint that you'll leave behind. And, and I think that's super dope. But you talked about being uncomfortable. You know, in the beginning, you wasn't, you wasn't comfortable with being uncomfortable. How did you learn how to be live in that uncomfortable state? Because we all know that when you uncomfortable, that's when your your biggest your biggest growth, you know, where you see your biggest growth. You know what I'm saying? Because you're doing something yeah. that you're not used to. 
How did you learn to be uncomfortable? Yeah, that, that was the learning lesson for me when it came to Sweden that second stint, those last two and a half months or two months rather in Sweden. It was this change has occurred. And that's where the base of a baby comes from as far as our three pillars, change, progression and growth. It literally came from that idea. Like prior to my grandfather's passing, it was like you create your comfort. Like, yeah, uncomfort can exist, but even the statement that we're talking about, like, uncomfort can lead to growth. For me, it meant, like, you're going to un- uncomfortable places to know where you should go to be comfortable. And it wasn't until my grandfather passed where I, I realized that uncomfortable moments were necessary. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, moments of, of of discomfort were necessary. Moments of change, moments that, that shook you were necessary. A quote that I live on and that, that I harp on at times is, the fact that that change is something that makes a human change is something that makes a living person. Yeah. Um, the difference between someone who's living and someone who's dead or the multiplicity of changes that they, that they go through. So if you literally, nothing's changing in your life then you're already dead. Hmm. If nothing's changing, if your blood ain't flowing, if your heart ain't beating, if something doesn't change in your eyes, if you ain't moving, then you're already dead. So you take it to the extent of experience and death, being somewhere that you don't necessarily agree with, finding perspectives that you've never seen before. There only has to be a positive thing that comes from that because life can't, if you go back to church or take it out of church, just look at the big God, however anybody listening looks at the big God or looks at a spirit or looks at a goal between now and death, there has to be something better. So if there's something better, no matter the change, the three pillars are, you can progress, not regress, and in that you can grow. No matter the change, you progress and you grow. Change, progression, growth, and that's what we live on, man. We push that forward. That's okay. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Okay. So Definitely. now we talked about we 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 talked about a baby. You gave us a little bit about what you guys do. Um, everything. Like, I want to kind of go in as far as like from the ground level. Let's just say there's people out here that want to create groups. They want to create events. They want to do what you do, man. Like on a on a major scale um mm-hmm. and i think kids have these you know a lot of people have ideas in their mind that this is what they want to do they just don't know how is there mm-hmm. any advice that you could give to anybody that may have an idea of a you know of a group or um of a a business idea that brings people together that preaches on like certain pillars like change progression yeah. and growth how do they get started? What what was the foundation on how you actually get started? The business side, not you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. what what things do you have to put in place to for people to take you serious? Yeah, on the business side to take you serious, first thing you got to do, um, and looking in the mirror as far as talking about that, you have to have a a name, a representation of it, a mm-hmm. presentation of it. So you want to look at that and say, what does it mean to me? What is a name? What is a a marketable item, what is a brand that fits exactly what I believe in. Mm. So you want to dive into the experiences that you've went through, uh, and that's how Bevy came about for me, uh, dive into the experiences that you've been through and make sure that the name represents the broad vision of what you what you want to express. So not just the right now, not just the next year, not just even five years from now. If you were to be gone in 10 years and this name is to live on, not even live forever, but live on, what does that representation look like? Mm -hmm. So with that, that goal, you want to take a step back and you want to look at your mission. You want to look at what is this name? What is this entity? What does this organization do? Mm 
know, what exactly do we do and how do we do it? So you want to break that down and say, this is what I want to do for the people, for the world. And then this is how I want to do it. I want to create more gaming opportunities by introducing to the youth how you want to do it is showing them this is how you can make income through gaming. I want to introduce marketing by showing that marketing can be worldwide, not just a, a small niche in your community. And this is how you make your marketing worldwide, not just for Lawrence County. So as far as your mission, um, that's pretty broad how I stated it, but as far as your mission, you want to directly know those top two things, what you want to do and how you want to do it. Yep. All right. If you're talking about an organization or business too, I believe all businesses should be purpose-based. Yep. And last but not least, you want to know your target market. Sure. You want to know your target market of exactly who you want to serve. Who are you producing, uh, producing this content, producing these experiences, producing this service for? And that's extremely important. So when you look at those three things, the name, the branding, and you look at your mission, uh, what you want to do and how you want to do it, and then your target market, all of them go hand in hand. And once you hit all of them on the head, they all connect. And it's pretty hard to break that up. And yeah. if you hit it hit it exactly uh, aligning with your passion, then it'll last forever. And that's exactly how Bevy has done for me. That's what's up. I appreciate that, going into that uh, deal. Mm-hmm. With this, like, just the background work of how you guys, uh, you know, created it you know how did it you know just formulate we understand like there's a we can see the passion behind the idea and i think you got to have passion before anything because you know there's times where you might not be having the most events so they might not be popping but at the end of the day you got to believe in the mission you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i think the biggest thing that you are speaking on you know as we talk is the mission the mission the mission the mission and then once you have that mission you can't be stopped because like she said you know, when, when was there as a time that you never hit a goal that you really wanted? It's never been a time you got 100%, 100% rate. So, I mean, everything, don't work. you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's always going to work. <laughs> and, and I, and I uh, love just going, starting from the beginning and coming up to the to the present moment because I hope, you know, as you listen, I'm pretty sure you listen to, you, listen, listen to yourself all the time. And even when you sit there and talk with your wife and you just look at your Look at your life and, and you start putting the pieces together or things that didn't work out, but then the doors that open, you know, the things that you were doing that you thought, this makes no sense. Like, why am I even doing this? But they now are yeah. resources and tools that you use on a day-to-day basis. Like, I, I just hope, I, I, that's what I like and that's what I hope people, when they sit down and really talk and just think about the things they've been able to accomplish. Like, it's amazing that, mm-hmm. you know, the the the, the journey, the, 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 the story that, is being written right now and it's going to continue to be written but let's get into the um yeah. you know let's get into omtbh wedding house man how what's up man we know about music we know what i'm saying i, I think <laughs> listen we know we know uh a bevy is it's huge man like it's a yeah. huge thing man but i also what's another thing is you, you know that you guys do weddings man and it's like a family thing it's not just a, yeah. a you thing you know what I'm saying? When y'all did our wedding, I was like, man, I didn't know that was his sister. Like, Look, I'm thinking, like, crazy. you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm thinking, like, oh, this is some lady that, you know, Maya, you know, the hired, of course, like, just to <laughs> kind of construct the wedding and everything together. And then on wedding day, I'm coming to find out, oh, yeah, that's, uh, gang. you know, that's that's his sister. I'm like, what? It's all like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I say, man, that's P right there. He done. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so how did, uh, how did that start? And then, uh, you know, yeah, I just want to know how it started. 
at first. Yeah, so I, like I say, looking at music, when you go back to that church aspect, music music was the, the goal for, like, I ain't gonna say the goal, it was the, like, the seed for all of this. Yeah. My whole life, music is the goal. You mentioned earlier, music is the universal language, man. Uh, my mother, my mother did events growing up. Uh, us growing up, my mother did events. So yeah. uh, she did weddings. She did other events too. She did a lot. She had like companies before like LLC Twitter existed, um, Pastry Orchids, A and B Desktop Publishing. Like she produced things that help people's events just be better in general. Yeah. Um. She, she definitely did weddings. She definitely did weddings and and made sure that people at that point, you know, nineties, two thousands, early two thousands, that weddings were. You know, you all at the church. You get married in the sanctuary, go downstairs, eat and stuff. Yeah. Um, she made sure it was lit. She made sure it was next level. She did more than that, too. I don't want to play my mama, but she did more than that, too. And so um, me DJing, I've been DJing since 2006. Big shout out to DJ Philly uh, at Club Hush in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Um, I was able to go there, like, at an early age, get in there, just observe him, turn up at the same time, but... Um, I was introduced to a wide, like widespread idea of how this music matters. Okay. Um, I was selling selling mixtapes, making mixtapes more. So I had like uh, high school kids coming in, my friends really coming in and talking trash, uh, saying what they want to say, motivational Ooh. trash talking, love talk, yeah. love letters, all of that on the mixtape. And then we put an eighty minute tape together every month, sometimes twice a month, and, and sell them around the upstate. Um, and so by the time I got to college, uh, I was doing weddings. Okay. And then when I got to grad school, I realized like the club scene, like sometimes they ain't pay you, sometimes they end late, sometimes you gotta go crazy, sometimes they cut your pay. Yeah. It was a lot that came into the club scene. So when I got to Savannah, Georgia, like I was I, I began to be heavy in weddings. I worked with okay. a company called First City Events that showed me as far as the destination weddings that's hitting that's hitting Savannah. Um, how to attack those, you know, yeah. different cultures, different music sounds, different um, different fields, different traditions. I was hitting everything. And so that that showed me, like, hold up, as far as this DJing thing, like, we can be way more personable. And mm-hmm. so just me being that that uh, outspoken uh, person who wants to help, like, I was DJing, but at the same time, I was like, oh, this candle fell, let me pick it up. Oh, this person ain't got no water. Oh, that's where the water is. Yeah. Oh, this cake. This cake is leaning. Let me tell somebody. Yeah. Um. This light is not on no more. What's going on? Um. The the people about to come sit down. Y'all know y'all ain't ready yet. Uh. The bride's hair is falling out. Like somebody <laughs> should tell her. And I'm just the DJ doing that. Yeah. You know. And so during those times, I was like, I'm basically a DJ and a coordinator, assistant coordinator. Yeah. And so looking at first city events and how they plan weddings and how they connect with people. Uh, me and my sister had a talk. And she always assists. She come to weddings with me, and we just do the same thing. My yeah. sister pull up and be just start catching stuff that other people weren't catching. No shade of other coordinators, but we just catch stuff. Yeah. And we was like, man, we can do this ourselves. No like, you want to coordinate a wedding? I'll DJ. <laughs> and then, you know, I got your back. So uh, we was like, at the brand that I had already built as a wedding DJ, let's expand it and offer multiple services. And my sister stepped up as that coordinator that she had been since she was assistant coordinator with my mother. Whether she was a kid or she was a teenager, she had always done that. She had always assisted with events, always assisted with um, the production of making things happen, which she does now. Yeah. You know, as far as USC with athletics, she makes sure behind the scenes these things going to happen. 
Yeah. And so we did the same thing with weddings. It was like, let's change it from just be white DJ um, to on TBH weddings. And the on TBH came from my hashtag while I was doing weddings, Operation Make the Bride Happy. Shout out to any bride, oh, no matter your sex, no matter anything. Operation Make the Bride Happy, Operation Make the Best Happen. That was our goal, man. That's what the on TBH stands for. And so she stepped in, and now we serve as a full wedding service, uh, wedding planning service. So I want to make sure that everybody is happy because you can have your services, man. You can do that. But if you ain't got an eye to catch things when they happen, because something's going to go wrong. If anybody's listening, if anybody cuts this, something's going to go wrong with your wedding day. Something's going to go wrong with your event. Something's going to go wrong with your life. (laughs) But what you want to do is have people around you who are going to be able to catch something before you catch it. Provide comfort. Provide a a solution. And as Mm -hmm. we do at OMTBH, we provide happiness. I I don't care if it's raining. I don't care if nobody show up. I don't care if it's beef. I don't care if the food nasty. I don't care. Nothing. nothing. We going to make sure we heal it and make sure happiness is the goal. That's my full on TV spill. I don't know what question you got next, but I feel like, look, man, look, look. On TBH Wedding House. Welcome to the House of Happiness. Let's go, man. Hey, I, um, <laughs> I'm I'm part of the tree, man. I'm part of. I'm under, you know it. You I'm, know I'm it. Under the OMBT. TBH alumni. Yeah, alumni. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's some things that definitely went wrong. And shout out to sis, like she came through in the clutch and like yeah, handled yeah, it, handled it. So we, you know, first time just experience, like man, y'all definitely uh, offer like some of the best experiences ever, man. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, we've come up on the hour, bro. And I think I've had one of the most coolest conversations as far as like your journey and just understanding your mission and understand what you got going on. And also you being able to drop gems along the way for people to understand like, you know, life gonna throw you some curveballs. It's how you adjust, yeah. how you get out of those, you know, comfortable situations and be uncomfortable. You know, how do you change the perspective in life? You know what I'm saying? Everything ain't always happening, you know, to you is happening for you. You know what I mean? So, so if you can take that outlook on things and be like you know things are going to happen but it's only for the best um and be able to flip it and change i think that's going to always be the best i do have a last dj question for you and it's what is what's the top three songs like what's the song everybody has to play at the wedding because you know we got the wedding but it's really Mm -hmm. all about after the wedding like that's the that's the party you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like that little 15 minutes, you know, it is what it is. Like you're gonna go up there, do your thing, talk your talk, kiss your bride. All right, cool. Uh-huh. But it's the after, you know what I'm saying? It's the after after party. Like, what's the top somebody gonna always it's gonna be on repeat every time. Like, what's the song yeah. that always has to be played at the mm. at the reception? Always. I hit I hit different ages, but I mean as far as the wide spectrum, if you're talking to the 18 year old can get married to a 45 year old can get married mm-hmm. uh dreams and nightmares gotta be played wow like that's just it's like a wedding staple now like uh it's like a just an anthem it's just it just is what it is now yeah. it's a discussion I'm, saying I'm, it's a discussion saying that the song is almost on the way to get played out like it should not be like I don't know. If hey, so I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I don't know. If that's I've a also thing no- for you, but I've also noticed that um, as far as weddings and the vibe of parties, because now we can get into parties a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But I know you asked about weddings. You got an R and B vibe to it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. You definitely got an R and B vibe to it. Mm-hmm. So that's when you come into like a um, cause it, I don't want to I don't want to timestamp this, but what started was like, can we talk? Mm, yeah, saying yeah. the can we talk sing along happened. Mm-hmm. Then you had the Fantasia mm-hmm. sing along happen. You had the um, man, I just drew a blank. You know the, the um, it's in the picture in the mirror. Yeah. Get a yeah, rush yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah. You had yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then big shout out to Usher, second greatest R and B artist ever. Yeah, now superstar. It's like a Super, thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. The idea of singing along the R and B song, so I say like a, a a superstar is there now. Okay. Um, weddings, man, a song that has to be played. It, I mean, it just—I mean, you already gave me a couple, so, so I'm, I'm so advanced, <laughs> man. I mean, you still, you still, you got to hit your, you got to hit your lane. So this is for DJs, man. Yeah. You still got to hit your your soca. You still got to hit your Caribbean. Um, I mean, no, I mean, it's like guarantee, like no letting go, never's going nowhere. But I DJ so many different ages, man. I got a, I got I got some seventy year olds that I got next week. As far as them, I got plenty twenty year olds, thirty year olds. So, you know, as long as everybody knows, it's two thousand twenty two right now. You can look at the timestamp. Yep. F and F is song of the year. So you got to play that whether you love your husband or not. <laughs> which I hope you do. Yeah, I hope you do. And we're gonna turn up with you. So you know, uh, as far as guarantees, the guarantees come and go. <laughs> And that's a whole nother topic we can talk about because if we go back to our time, you know, 2000s, guarantees stuck around for a little bit. And that's why yeah. you telling me like dreams and nightmares can go away because that means, man, what is going to stick around? Because it's I'm, so much content now. It's so it's much not, music now. I don't think, you know what I'm saying? I don't think it should go away. I, I just heard the statement on Twitter as far as like. It can, though. You know, it, it, it can. can. I mean, it's done as, it's done as just do. I, I, I will say it that. It can. Um, but that's just a, a, a topic on Twitter and I had to ask you because I know you, you do a lot it of, can. you know, DJ. It can go away. I ain't gonna let up. Y'all can go away. Y'all ain't gonna let them go away. Oh, let's do it can go away. <laughs> Preach by Young Dolphin go away. Um, shoot, a lot of future songs can go away. A lot of Migos songs can go away. Like, I'm saying, we yeah. can go. It can go. We can go, but but. The thing is, the fact something got to replace that, and yeah. the fact that so much music coming out, like the idea that there's something that's gonna work for me for years or for multiple summers, it's hard. It's getting, it's getting sticky, man. It's getting sticky. Sticky. Well, man, listen, be white, man. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you got a family, wife, kid. You're a busy man right now. Um, and I just want to again say thank you so much, man. Like the like I said, the conversation has been eye opening for me. I always learn something when I'm talking to people, man. I hope you have fun. I hope it was, you know, up to your standards as far as, like, just being a part of something and just kind of letting your voice be known. Um, you know, I, I do want to hit you up on the side because I, I, I got some – I just need some advice about a few things and just kind of want to pick your brain about certain stuff. So, you know, whenever you have time, I definitely want to reach out to you and get with you, man. But I need two recommendations, Two, two? two, yeah, two. You know what I'm saying? Two people I I can sit down with. I know you got way more, and I'm a, and I'll take every recommendation you got because that's how we keep the podcast going. But just for the people listening, we just want to give them two. And if you want to send me like five to ten, that'd be great. Okay, but it's up right, off the top. Let's do two. Let's do two. That's not my wife. Let's go. Um, let's go. Uh, Justice Cox. Mr. Justice Cornelius Cox is a uh, a principal. He okay. currently serves as an assistant principal at Legacy uh, Charter School within their middle school uh, level. Justice Cox is a guy from Greenville. Uh, 
He is a voice, a spokesperson for the progression of education in every facet, not just in the schools, not just public education, but justice speaks for us um, on all those levels. So I say Justice Cox, um, Mr. Justice Cox. I need, you need me to do the Instagram? I can look it nah, up. No, you can just send it to yeah. me. I'll just drop it. Yeah, just drop it. Right, Mr. Justice Cox. Then I got to go to the hometown. I'm going to go to the hometown because my man just dropped a book. Um, somebody I grew up with, uh, a tad bit younger than me, but what he represents, what he's been through. Uh, his story is his story. Like it's, it's been a whole lot of ups and downs from all the way to that side, the places people don't want to go yep. to the places people want to go. So him being uh, free and, and telling his story and turning up right now, uh, I'm going to go with uh, – my man Sente, uh, he got a different last different last name going with now, but for Sente Rice is his name. Okay. Um, we call him Dip. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to Sente. Let me get his name right. I want to put this on. I'm gonna put this on record though, because he just dropped a book also. Okay. He just dropped a book as far as filled with uh, poetry, and his book is called A Man Motor from Mud. So mm. for Sente Rakies, for Sente Rakies, it's the name as far as the author. Uh, R-A-K-E-Y, Vicente, V-A-C-E-N-T-A. But I sent it to you, but yeah. I want people to hear this also coming from Lawrence. Yeah. So I want to put Lawrence on too. Um, not put him on, because we don't need nobody to put us on. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shout out for the, the home team. So yeah, shout out to Justice, Justice Cox, Sente. I say that. And as far as ladies, women, I say Yacht Solomon. I'll give you three of Yacht Solomon, um, my partner in, in uh, self-awareness. So Yacht Solomon has the vision, experience, um, and story. Um, and even more than that, when it comes to the grand scope of things that us as minorities um, and us as a world go through, uh, especially our women, and being able to speak to them. So I got you three off the top right there. That's hard. And my wife, they make folks. So yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah. them three, definitely. Them three, got it. That's hard. We're going to talk. Just send me the, um, all I need is the Instagram. You can just drop that to me, whether it's on Instagram or send it to my phone. And then just let them know, man, I, I recommended you to this guy, Armand. Super dope what he got going mm -hmm. on. And then we'll do it like that. This man. guy, you so humble. He talking about this guy. I, yeah, yeah, this yeah. Because people don't know me yet, man. So it's just always gotta be like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This guy. Uh, once we once it get to where we need to be, man. You know, just like I say, following. You know, looking at you, how you brand, how you do things. You know, I always peep game. Like I'm always learning from every and anybody. So you ain't really gotta say much. I just I look, I observe, and I'm like, okay, cool. I like how they doing that. What can I pick up on it? And that's it, man. So I do want to thank you. Yeah. You have a good right, one, bro. That's our last thing. Last thing. What's up? A loss. A loss ain't a loss. It's a lesson. Appreciate the pain. It's a blessing. Mm. Jay Z said that. Just want to put that out there. Just want to put out that of out here, there. man. We, I'm gonna end the episode just like that, so you can have it. Go ahead, man. This man is crazy. Love you, man. I right, love you, dog, man. Be safe, man. Amen.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.